This is a teaching message from Church of the Living Water of Austin. All right, turn with me to the book of Genesis, chapter 1, and we'll get there in a minute. Um, but at least you can park yourself there. And we will be continuing on the purpose for the family. All right, it's God's purpose for the family. And for my per- portion, I'm dealing with the purpose for the male, husband, and father. And so that section is going to run for a minute. And I just have a a part of that section of the purpose of the male, husband, and father. In that section, I have subtitled, God's Order in the Family. Alright, so God's Order in the Family, under this heading of purpose of the male, husband, and father. And so again, I I hope that everyone has been really hearing the things that have already been said pertaining to this overall topic around God's purpose for the family. Because it really is some powerful things to... To not only just hear, but to apply in your life. Because again, the, the family is all about individuals. And we heard these things over and over again. It is about individuals. Right? And, and, and even if you're saying, well, I'm not married, you're still part of a family. Right? Understand that. You're still part of a family. Right? You know, you're somebody's daughter, somebody's son. You know, you could have nieces and nephews or cousins. You're, you're part of a family. You just didn't show up here and then all of a sudden you're solo. No, you're part of a family. And so make sure you understand that the, all these teachings, because as you hear things, and again, we're going to really focus in on the, the male factor, but we're speaking to all everybody in here. Everybody has a part to play, even though we're dealing with the male factor, because the male factor is going to influence everybody else in the family. All right, so as for opening statement, in Christ there is no difference in gender nor authenticity. <laughs> That's amazing. But in the creation of mankind... There's a difference in gender for purpose sake. Alright? So in Christ there is no difference in gender. But in the creation of mankind there is a difference in gender for the sake of purpose. Because understand this. God is a purposeful God. God is not wasteful. Everything the Lord God does is on purpose. Even though we may not understand it, we may not you know, you know, receive it and say, well, I, I don't get what God is doing. That's okay. That's, you're not God. But God is on purpose. You know, he doesn't miss anything, especially when it comes to family, because he, he's the one that orchestrated the family. He knows what he's doing pertaining to family. So gender, when I mention gender, be very clear, gender refers to male or female. All right. It's the male or female gender. So when we look at purpose, and this has already been defined, but we're going to look at this word purpose again. Purpose is, is the intent or reason. The first part of purpose, P-U-R, means to intend. The second part of purpose, P-O-S-E, means to model or to position. So God has intended position or purpose for his male. That means males, you understand that, right? God has an intended purpose and position for you as a male. Right? And so that means if you don't understand what God has, his purpose for you as a male, then you're out of purpose. You're out of position. Only God can show you the purpose and, and position for the male. And before God created the mankind, he purposed them to be in the image of his son. And God separated man by gender, male or female, and positioned them according to how he wanted them to function. So, like I said before, God has order. God's order deals with how he functions. And so now let's look at Genesis 1, 
starting in verse 26. Because there's a reason why there's a male and a female. It's all about how God is set up for order and for functioning. Alright, so Genesis 1 and 26, it reads, And God said, Let us make man in our image and after our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the fowl of the air, and over the cattle, and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he him, male and female, created he them. So, again, verse 27, we see who created man. God did. That's what we said. That's why there's purpose behind it. You are God's creation. No matter how you got here, you're still God's creation. No matter if your, your parents was out of order, out of line, or whatever bondage they may be in, understand you are still God's creation. See, because I think we, we miss these things. <laughs> this is the thing that gets me, right? I don't know why people don't have expectations. I have an expectation of God. But regardless of the situation, circumstance, my expectation falls with God. I'm here on purpose. You know, regardless of, like I said, what my parents may have been or what they didn't know, whatever light they, they didn't have or whatever, like I said, whatever's going on with your parents, it is what it is. Right? But God had, had intention for you to be here now where you are, you know, being born at this time. You nobody's here is an accident. You should never feel hopeless. You know, it's so amazing to think about these things, but God has a plan for your life. He has an intention for your life. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he him, male and female created he them. And God blessed them. Who did he use them? He blessed the male and the female. That's who God blessed. And God said unto them, who? The male and the female. Be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth and subdue it. And have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the fowl of the air, over every living thing that moveth upon the earth. So here's some main takeaways about these statements, right? We just read. First thing about man. Man is you're talking about he created he man. <clears throat> it's talking about male and female. They both are equal. You ain't got to fight for equality between, you know, male and female. You're already equal. According to God, you know, the one that's created you. You are equal. Both are in the image and likeness of God. Both the male and the female is in the image and likeness of God. One is not above the other in the Lord. See, because, I mean, you see women, they're trying to fight for some equality and God like, you're already equal. What, what are you looking for? Right and then so then we get into we take equality we take it into the workplace right equal pay for equal work well that's the society that that ain't got to do with God don't let society show you your equality when it comes to man right God has already created you equal you don't fight for something right that you already have women you're already equal you're wasting effort on that this world is going to be judged trust me there's a lot of inequalities when it comes to pay. So you're fighting a battle that's that not even for you to fight. You're looking for a right that's... Stay with God. He's created you both equal, male and female. One is not above the other in the Lord. One is not superior to the other. The male is not superior over the female. The female is not superior over the male. Because you have some females thinking, all males are just so stupid. No, you're not superior over the male. Getting over on the male. 
but they were made different for purpose of God according to marriage, who we'll see in a minute here. God created them different for purpose sake in order for them to function. There's a function that God has for the male and the female. And so why is this important by you knowing that you're equal? Because once you do get married, don't start talking about you have a better half than my husband and wife. You're you're whole by yourself. What does that mean? You don't need a man to make you whole. And man, you don't need a female to make you whole. You're already whole in the eyes of God. And you hear me, again, I know people say, well, I'm just be kidding when I say it or playing. No, you, you really feel like you need that person to make you whole, like you're a half. There's no half with God. You're, you're whole. And when you have children, the same thing. The children are whole. There are individuals in that family. But both the male and female, they are whole. It's not my better half. Well, I guess the other one is your worst half, right? It's, it's not your whole. Again, that's why I mean, if you, you know, these things, and these things we've been teaching, I mean, since I've been here, and I'm sure it was taught before I even got here, but, you know, I think sometimes we forget these things. It's so basic, so common, because our, what I mean by we forget these things, our attitude we have, especially in the marriage, we don't think we're whole. You're chasing after a man to make you, I mean, come on. Hey, tell that brother, all I need is the Lord Jesus. He's the one. You know, you think about it. Once upon a time, you were, you were single. You know, you were unmarried. And God took care of you then. So if it took a marriage to make you whole, then what were you before that? What were you at, what were you at when, when you was in your parents' house? I guess you was a half person living with your, your dad and your mom? No, you're whole. And God still sustained you. You don't need a man or you don't need a woman to make you whole. But about order and function, we'll get to that. That's why God made gender, uh, had this difference in gender. For function's sake, for purpose's sake. And that purpose wasn't to make you whole. <clears throat> and the reason why, I, you know, I, I just, some things you want to let go. But, you know, the reason why I say that because you see people that are unmarried, all their, their main goal is to get married. I mean, they are after a husband or, or a wife. You know, that's their main goal. I mean, they are desperate about getting married. Like, that's, gonna, that's the thing I need to do. And you're not maximizing the state you're in as being unmarried. And what I mean by that, the purpose that God has for you being unmarried. You know, you can actually please God being unmarried. You don't need to be in a, a marriage in order to please God. And again, you think about these things. You know, you know I don't know how to say it, but to say it like this, right? You, Eventually, you're going to be back unmarried again. Because all marriage is is for a time of your lifetime. And then guess what? One or the other is going to pass away. And guess what? You're going to go right back to that unmarried state again. So you better learn how to be unmarried because you're going to spend some time still unmarried. If one of y'all go before the other, the other person is going to be unmarried. So you're still whole. All right, so God knew what he wanted us to be before he created us. Now, keep it with me here in Genesis. Let's turn to Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8. Romans 8, verse 29. Let's read this one passage of scripture here. It says, for when, I'm sorry, for whom he did foreknow, he also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brothers. 
What is that passage telling us? That our purpose is to be in the image of His Son. Again, our, the R in that pronoun means male and female. He foreknew this. To be in His image of His Son. And again, you don't have to be married to be in the image of God's Son. I don't know why I keep harping on that. I, I don't, just want to make sure you understand. You can be an image of God's Son without being married. You can be an image of God's Son as being a male separately and as any female being separate. You can be in the image of God's Son. It's purpose. Follow, stay with purpose. Because once you get married, now all of a sudden you, you have your fantasies or ideas about marriage and you forgot all about purpose. You are still an individual after the image of His Son. That takes priority. Even when you get married, guess what? God created marriage, so, so God is still the one that you should be pleasing. Still conform to His image. Even in your marriage state, you just brought in a distraction, but, but you still are, should be conforming to the image of His Son. So there is a pre-described godly order in the family structure based on God's standard. Again, I'll say that again. There's a pre-described godly order in the family. And it's based on God's standard. Now, go back to Genesis. Genesis 2. We'll pick up with this. Genesis chapter 2 now. <clears throat> Starting at verse number 21. Genesis 2 and 21. And the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall upon Adam. And he slept. And he took one of his ribs and closed up the flesh instead thereof. And the rib which the Lord God had taken from man made he a woman. And he brought her unto the man. And Adam said, This is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman because she was taken out of man. And, and so this to me is so interesting, right? Because we read this and I hope we really get an understanding what happened here. Because it says here that, again, in verse 22, it says, In the rib which the Lord God had taken from the man, he made he a woman. And he brought the woman to the man. Now, this is what I love about God. God brought the woman to the man, but now man had to choose. See, don't get this... Twisted exactly. Hey, you gonna have to choose. Because people say, "Well, God gave me them, th- this woman." No, God just brought someone to your place, but you still made a choice. So, because you know how we get, you know, we marry somebody we shouldn't have married, and we start blaming God for for our ungodly marriage because of your choice that you made. No, God just brought a, a, a choice to you, and you know how it is, right? When we do, you know, the choices that God brings you—that's not the one we want anyway. The other choice is you really chose the one that God never intended for you to choose anyway. But you blame God around it. Here's the thing. Is all marriages of God? Think about that. Is all marriages of God? Let me say, but all marriages are your choice. It was your choice. You chose that ungodly heathen. And let me tell you, all the signs was around how this man, this man was. Oh, this woman was. All the signs were there. Matter of fact, it wasn't even signs. It, it was up front in person. But you know, you had your agenda. That's why I came back before. You got to understand, you are whole already. You don't need a man or a woman to make you whole. You know, but you don't have to get married. 
And so now again, God brought this woman that he made from the man to the man. And then now Adam said, you notice that Adam said, God didn't say this. Adam said, this is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She should be called woman because a, a woman, a man with a womb, right? Because she was taken out of man. That was Adam's confession of what he said about this woman. That means now Adam's saying, I have chosen her. And then here comes God. Verse 24. Therefore, should a man leave his father and his mother and shall cleave unto his wife and they shall be one flesh. Now God said, okay, now that you made a choice of this woman, let's put some boundaries around this choice. Let's put some covenant around this choice you just made. Because this ain't just going to be no casual relationship. You know, before we get into the one flesh, you know, having sex, we're going to make sure you're in covenant. That means you've got to be married. There's no sex unless you are married. Husband and wife. That's God's standard. You see that, right? You see, Adam said, this is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh, and she should be called woman because she was taken out of man. Adam like, yeah, we finna get busy. And then God, in verse 24, Therefore shall a man leave his father and his mother and shall cleave unto his wife, and they shall be one flesh. Now we're going to put your relationship into a husband and wife marriage relationship before you start having sex. That's God's order. And then this word cleave. Let me just bring up this word cleave, right? Because cleave means to join, to stick to. Right? That means as a man, as a husband, you've got to join yourself, cleave yourself, <clears throat> stick to your, your wife. Right, but but again, it, it, they, they mentioned that this Greek word, I mean, this Hebrew word is very is a very strong word. In, a, in other words, this this bond should not be broken at all. This is really an unbrokable bond, a bro- unbrokable bond, other than by death. So understand that when you get married, right? When you say this is a woman or this is a man that I'm going to take as my my husband or wife, you're saying that bond should never be broken until death. That's what you. That's the choice that you made. It's amazing how this turns into a premarital class real quick for some of us. Because if you already made that choice, guess what? It's too late, baby. That was your choice. You know, everybody want to go back and redo, you know, after they got married. You know, no, no. What they, the old folks say, you made that bed, guess what? You're going to lay in it. Enjoy it. And I'm going to tell you, if your parents got any sense, they're going to make sure you lay in it every day of your life. Don't call me complaining about your wife that you chose. Don't compl- call me complaining about the husband that you chose. You work that out. Just bring my grandchildren to me. So I can get my kissy. You feel good. But your mess is your mess that you chose because all the counsel was there ahead of time. Understand that. I mean, that's why I love my God. God's going to make sure you, you're not going to put this on him say you forced God God didn't force nobody to marry who you married that was your choice so again he said therefore shall a man leave his father and mother and shall cleave that unbreakable unbreakable bond to his wife and they shall be one flesh now look at this same uh, illustration in Matthew chapter 19 the same calls out this verse again in Matthew 19 because I want you to see, it's amazing how, how God had to speak up about this. Matthew chapter 19. 
Because Adam said, bone of my bone, flesh of my flesh. Adam, like, we finna get, and God like, no, let's put some covenant around that before you start having your one flesh part. Matthew 19. Starting at verse number... I'll start it here. Let's start at verse 3. 19 and 3. It says, The Pharisees also came unto him, tempting him, and saying unto him, Is it lawful for a man to put away his wife for every cause? Now, you know, catch this, right? The Pharisees asking him, Jesus, about is it lawful for a man to put away his wife? Now, understand, again, going back to what we just heard, right? Why would I put away the wife that I chose to marry? For any cause. So I'm going to tell you, brothers, you better do your homework before you call somebody your wife. Before you step into that marriage covenant, that cup, you better do your homework. Because later on, you're not talking about putting her away, because that's your choice of marriage. And you know, these things you get into later on, but you know, there's, there's a reason why there's a courtship phase. Let me say this. There's a reason why there should be a courtship phase. Because you've got to get to know somebody before you marry them. Again, think about, like I said, you're going to be with this person for the rest of your life. And I'm going to tell you how the Lord works. The Lord will make sure you're going to live a long life in that. Hey, you're going to try to, you know, you're going to try to get out. Lord, like, no, you hate. You're going to live to your 90s and 100s. That woman going to be right there with you, 90s and 100s. You're going to turn over and see her face for many years of your life. Because that's your choice. You can't put away your wife the one that you married. You chose her. Why are you talking about putting her away? You should never marry. See, think about that. I'm telling everybody. Oh, I say everybody's so quick to get married. This lasts for a lifetime. And I'm telling you, when you're young, you don't, hey, you don't, when you're young, you're in your 20s, trust me, you don't think about being 50. Because your mind, 50 is so old. 50 is like your mind dead. Trust me, 50, until you get to 50, 50 is not old. Hey, it was funny. I was, eight hours, I was talking to my mother. My mother would be 79 this year. And I was talking to my mom on, this week. And she, my mom said, you know, I told my mom, so my birthday coming. My mom said, well, how old are you going to be? She said, you 50 yet? If mama talking, right? I know my mama know. I said, Mama, I'll be 53. So, boy, you still a baby. But see, that's mama talking. I'll always be a baby to her. Because she's 79. She said, oh, you still a baby. You're still young. So you got, that ain't, so let me know when you get to 70, let me know. I'm like, Mama, I'm, hey, I'm dealing with 50 now. But, you know, I'm, it's all relative. But when you're 20, though, you don't see it. You understand it. And then you, but then you step into that marriage covenant, and then next thing you know, you get to 70, and she's right there with you for the last 50 years. That's the thing to think about. I'm serious. Think about that when you, before you get married. So you won't talk about putting her away. You will never even bring her on to even put her away. And women, too. You know, you have a choice, women. I'm speaking, you know, we're speaking from the male factor, but... Women, you can say no. Just because a brother get on his knees and have his deep voice and got the nice ring and, you know, will you marry me with all music or whatever they do, you can say no. I'm not marrying you. You can say no. 
Well, that means I may not have another chance. Another chance at what? To get put away later? No. It's a walk away. Ladies, you can say no. We're in a whole different custom. In that, you know, enjoy this custom that we're in now. In a different custom, you may not have the opportunity. But the custom that you live in now, here, you can say no. Say no. Before you enter into this. Because once you enter God's covenant, there's, it's His arrangement. It's until death do you part. You're going to cleave for the rest of your life to that man or to that woman. The rest of your days. All right, so again, the Pharisee said, also came unto him, tempting him and saying unto him, Is it lawful for a man to put away his wife for every cause? And he answered and said unto them, Have you not read? I like the Lord, like, put it back on you. Have you not read that he which made them at the beginning made them male and female? Now, who is he referring to made them at the beginning? God. So God at the beginning, we just read that in Genesis. At the beginning, God made them male and female. Verse 5. And said, for this cause. Who said for this cause? God. The one that made them from the beginning, male and female, said, for this cause shall a man leave father and mother and shall cleave to his wife, and they twain shall be one flesh. So, catch it. See what we're talking about here, right? Before you talk about being one flesh, you've got to leave father and mother's house. You've got to be married. Before you have sex, you have to get married. And see, that's the thing. That's why. Don't let sex get you in a place where now you're going to get married. You know what I mean? Sex should not be the driving place for you to get married. Well, I got this lust issue. You better deal with that lust issue. Because guess what happened? When you get married, the lust issue is still there. I don't know why people. I don't know why people think, "Oh, when I get married, all of a sudden I won't have to. This lust thing will be gone because my wife or my husband is right there with me." No, you you have a lust problem. You're gonna still have when you get married. You're gonna just hide it differently. You're gonna be caught up in pornography and other things. Where you're thinking about another woman and not your wife, or or you're thinking about another man and not your husband. But now you're married. Now I mean, lust issue. You got to deal with your lust issue. Marriage is not, is not the, the end all to get you out of your lust issue. See, that's your, it's a mindset we have. It's a mindset. Change it. So, that, so sex is not the reason why I'm getting married. But sex comes after you get married. That's God's order. Again, he said, for this cause shall a man leave father and mother and shall cleave, his wife, cleave to his wife. And they twain shall be one flesh. Wherefore, they are no more two, but one flesh. What therefore God have joined together, let no man put asunder. Get this, married people, right? What God has joined together, let no man put asunder. You know, this, this is what I heard from my pastor, right? That married, being married to anyone is not easy. I mean, I heard that from my current pastor. Being married to anyone is not easy, but I keep choosing. See, I, every morning or every day, I keep choosing. Because I made a choice once, guess what? Every day I've got to keep choosing. Because being married to anybody is not easy. 
So I'm saying the grass, like I said, is always green on the other side. Until you step into that grass, you're like, oh, you know, there's some, you, I, now I can see it better. There's some issue with this grass. But it'll take you to step, I'm t- it's, it's easy looking from the outside. But in marriage, it's not easy to be married to anybody. So we all got our issues. And I'm saying, no issues don't show up until you get married. You know, this is why I, I tell people when we're doing the courting phase, you know, that time, I tell them all the time. When I tell the brothers this, make that woman mad. Do something on purpose to make her mad. Because that's what you're going to see when you get married. You're going to see the married, I mean, the mad version of that woman. So you need to understand what you're dealing with. All that sweet talking mess, all that honeydew, we love you, oh, you, that's doing a dating and courting phase to get you to marry them. Once you get married, all all that mess comes out. They're going to tell you exactly how they feel about you and your mama and your daddy, your church, your past. They're going to tell you all that stuff. So so you might as well find out before I get married. That's why it's good to bring them to church. I'm bringing you to to meet my pastor. So I want to hear your comments right now up front. Introduce, you know, introduce them to some of the brothers. Especially you, you know, women. You bring your, your, you know, whatever perspective they're asking you, you courting with. Bring that brother in here. Let us, let's talk to him. Because brothers, you know, we can sniff out dogs. And when brothers, you would just pull them to the side and say, brother, what's your intentions? And they try to get religious with them. Like, oh, brother, don't, don't start talking religious to us. We got a religious game for you. Let's go into this bathroom. We'll see how religious you are in that bathroom. We got a game for you. We, we understand. I'm telling you, that's, that's what you... Bring them around, because I'm telling you, once you get married, then all of a sudden, now you want to bring them around. Somebody need to go talk to my husband. No. You, you should have had that counsel before you got married. It's amazing how women say, somebody, can you, somebody come talk to my husband? We couldn't talk to you or your husband before you got married. Now you're married with all those issues, all that drama, now you need help. Again, I'm, I'm not putting out marriage counsel. I understand there's a place for marriage counsel. Trust me, I'm not belittling, I'm not saying you should not get counsel in your marriage. You need to get counsel. You need to get help. Like I just said, it's not easy to be married to anybody. But I'm saying beforehand, Take the counsel. Take the counsel before you get married. Because it's not going to be easy. Instead of your mind is thinking about sex. Trying to legalize the sex you already have. God's not looking at the God. Please. You're not playing no game with God. So yeah, make, I'm telling you, make that woman mad. And if y'all got a date, show up late. I mean, show up not even fashionably late, like hours late. Right? You can hear the moan now, right? Well, I'm done with you. Then you'll hear her whole tone will change. Right? You show up at the house and then she won't even let you in. No, you ain't come over here this time. You know what time it is? You told me 7 o'clock and it's 9. Like, okay, here we go now. All that sweet and all that. I'm like, oh, whatever. Because I'm telling you, that's what marriage is. You're going to hear all that. And it, and it won't even be that kind of, it won't even be that serious. 
you hear all that because you left your, your shoes on the floor. Then put them in the closet. You can't pick up behind yourself. You're a lazy thing. You, God. I'm sorry. She left my shoes on the floor. I'm sorry. Socks on the floor. I'm, I'm telling you, that's, see, I know y'all. That's marriage. So I like to hear some of these things now before I, I hear it all the time when I'm married. Go learn to take the counsel. Again, for this cause shall a man leave his father and mother, shall cleave to his wife, and they shall twain shall be one flesh. Wherefore they are no more twain, but one flesh. What therefore God hath joined together, let no man put asunder. And again, that is God's standard. You don't get married to get divorced. That's God's order. Right? And so both male and female, you have a choice in that. Remember I said before, you are whole by yourself. Just say no. Don't just push through it. Well, me and so-and-so have been dating for a long time. It don't even matter. And here's, I mean, why we keep going here, right? Here's the thing that gets me to, right? Why, you know, why are we so concerned about what people are going to think? I mean, you know, hey, you got to call off the wedding, you got to call it off. Or you call, don't worry about what people are going to think. Just you do what God has showed you to do. It's all right. I'm telling you, you you learn to obey God in this. Not your flesh. Not your pride. Because again, afterwards, now you're going to try to go to them same people God and they'll be like, I don't know why you married that so-and-so anyway. Stop thinking about what what people think about you getting married to someone. You know, let it go. Care what nobody thinks. And, and trust me, to be honest, it's nobody's business. Whatever reason why you called off your engagement, you called it. It's nobody's business. Just explain it. Nobody just let it go. Say, hey, I've heard from God. Or she said, I heard from God. That's it. Let it go. You got to blow up Facebook and start blowing up about this guy, this, and that girl, that, and you don't got to put all that bit in to say, hey, whatever, change the relationship status, is that the right word? To being back to being single, whatever it is. And, and that's let it go. Stop worrying about what people think. I'm getting married. This is covenant. Until death do you. That cleaving is an unbreakable bond until you die. <laughs> you better take that seriously. Care about what people think? Trust me, everybody, you know, I'm telling you, everybody likes to come to a wedding anyway. All they're going to do is get free food. And some of y'all getting free drinks. That's all that is. And then you leave and then, hey, nobody's there with you and Mary, but you and your wife. Or you and your husband. It's just y'all. So I don't care what nobody thinks. And, and get this too. You, like we said here, your, your parents are not there either because you left them, right? You left fathers and mothers' house. So don't be caught up with that either. Hey, what dad and mom think is what they think. Hey, this wedding is off. This engagement is off. I'm moving on. I'm taking counsel. But that's God's order. And the thing I, you know, point I was really trying to bring out is, is the sex part, right? Is, but God has a way of, he, he, let God do what he does. Because I want to make sure you understand, there is no sex without being married. That's God's standard. 
There's no casual relationship. That's when, when that woman came on the scene, God like, let's put covenant around this because before you start getting busy. And that still holds today. Let's go back to Genesis. Chapter 3. I hope you're hearing something. You unmarried people. <laughs> you married folks, oh well. Just keep laying in that bed. Keep praying. Maybe you learn to pick up your socks and your shoes one day. Then they'll say something about something else. <laughs> Maybe that's your choice. Alright, so in order for, <laughs> oh God is so faithful, it's amazing to me. <laughs> you know, I, I always say these things, right? I, I, you know, I remember before I married my wife. I remember some things. You know, I say these things because these are things that I did. I understood. I'm like, hey, before I married Sister Hayes, I'm like, girl, you ain't finna play with me. I want to make sure that you want, I want to make sure, let's go there, right? I want to make sure that you want to marry, marry me for life. Versus you caught up with a wedding. Some ladies get some ladies just caught up with a wedding. They ain't caught up with no marriage. They just want to be in a wedding. Hey, you know, hey, that's why we got some etiquette training coming up. You can dress up real nice. You can put your little white gown on, and you're gonna have an escort, and we can we can we can play some wedding music for you, right? If that's all you want is a ceremony, we can help you with that. The wedding is just a ceremony. That is not a marriage. And some ladies that is caught up with the ceremony, we invite all their friends and all the hoopla and all the pitch, you know. And again, I, it is what it is. I understand. I really, I do. I understand that. But you ain't finna marry me, give me, and that's all you wanted. So I know some things. I, I'm saying some things to, uh, to Sister Hazen. I was like, I, I mean, I knew she was gonna say, "Well, this is called off the wedding." She never said it because I, I went, I went there, I went a couple places. I went. I knew I was like, I, I know I'm hitting nerve here. Sister didn't blink. So, bro, you're going you gonna to walk down this aisle. <laughs> My daddy's going to give me a way to you. I know your games. Yeah, you're going to get married. But I, I tried. I made sure I said some things to her. Sister didn't blink. We got married. But I'm, I'm just saying, it's just, you, you take these things very seriously. You know, we laugh and, I mean... This is, marriage is so serious. The marriage covenant is so serious. It's best just to stay single. Just stay single. Stay unmarried before you step into a marriage covenant. Just stay single. You'll be okay. Let the Lord keep you. Let the Lord keep you in that state. You know, I'm going to stop right there. I'm not going to get into the next part. I'm going to leave that for, ne- for the next time. I got, I got time. I want you to meditate on that. All right? You unmarried folks, understand before you step into marriage, because you're not going to put away that woman. All right? That, that woman, that's not the time to leave in. You should have left before you got married. We want to leave that husband. No, hey, you stay there. You married that fool. He was a fool when you married him. And they told you he was a fool when you married him, but no, you thought you were going to change. Whatever you thought, he was what he was before you married him. And you still did it. Stand to your feet.
This has been a teaching message from Church of the Living Water at Austin. For more information about our ministry, please go to our website at livingwateraustin.net.